Would you like to live a happier, healthier, and more fulfilled life? Cultures from all over our planet have been addressing that concern for thousands of years, and their answers can help you in your life today. Welcome to The Sweet Spot, where healing, spirituality, and culture meet. Join anthropologist and healer Robert Better as he introduces you to healing and spirituality in world cultures. Here's the host of your show, Robert Better. Hi, folks. It's Bob Vetter here. Before the podcast starts, I wanted to offer you something for free available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. It's a download of a game and map of the healer's journey called Sustos, named after the traumatic events that can lead to soul loss. The game provides insights in how we ourselves can be healed and how that process empowers us in our healing efforts with others. Get your free download at www.bobvetter.com. Now, let's get to our latest podcast episode. Greetings, listeners. Today I'm with Leslie Phillips. Leslie is the founder of the Lighthouse Academy, an online school that explores avenues of spirituality, healing, and shadow work. She resides in Oklahoma and works with Jaguar Medicine and the darker and split realms of the psyche. Leslie is the author of a book called Confessions of a Willow Child. It's a memoir on how the psyche manifests trauma and fears and the gifts they can offer. So welcome, Leslie. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Um, By the way, I was on Leslie's podcast, so now she's on mine. So some of you might want to check out her podcast that we can tell you about a little bit later. So Leslie, welcome. I I would like to ask you to share with our listeners your background story on how you got to be involved in all of this and a little bit of your your hero journey. Yes. Um, So when I was eight, my father committed suicide while we were home. And it, it started a spiritual awakening for me because I began wrestling with my own mortality, asking a lot of questions. And started having a lot of spiritual experiences, uh, seeing into spirit realm. And the Jaguar actually showed up as a mother to me, um, as she showed up in, in dreams in visions and what could almost be hallucinations. But, uh, she also showed up in like the astral realm, which I didn't know that was a thing back then because I was a child in the strict Christian community. So I, did not have access to any tools, books, or teachers around anything outside of Christianity. And uh, so the Jaguar really taught me a lot of lessons about how everything we need truly is inside of us. And she basically walked me through confronting all my fears. I had a ton of fears um, about literally almost anything you can think of. There was a fear that I was battling uh, especially with dealing with this awakening and trying to hold on to my Christian roots. And so she led me to South Africa. I kept telling my parents, I meant to go to South Africa. I don't know how to explain this, but I know I meant to go. I'm supposed to go. And I started collecting everything I could get my hands on maps out of uh, National Geographic. I would watch all the commercials that would come on about the children who were starving And so when I was 16, my stepfather and my mom, because she had remarried, sent me to South Africa. 
and I ended up going two years in a row. And I got to work with the Zulu tribe in, uh, down in Durban. And it was a beautiful experience because while I was there, I had gone with the intention that I was gonna go help them. I worked in care centers where we would get up in the mornings and walk through the bushes looking for bush babies, which was basically where if a parent cannot take care of their newborn child, they would come and leave them in the bushes. And the caregivers would have to get to the babies first because um, oddly enough in, in South Africa, baboons and, and different wild animals will come and steal babies. And so we would walk out and comb and look for bush babies. And this care center had children that were born with HIV AIDS. We would help take care of them and take care of elderly people who were dying of HIV AIDS. And so I had gone to be of service to them. And while I was there, I met uh, people in the community who recognized the fact that I had been going through the spiritual awakening and they recognized that I was working with Jaguar medicine naturally and had not yet found any mentors or teachers to help explaining explain any of this. And so in this beautiful way, they actually ended up helping me. And I um, had been considering suicide before I went on this trip. And while being there, and basically there was a woman who was able to sit down with me and explain that, you know, that pain was a gift. It, you know, it could be a gift if we allowed ourselves to see it as a gift, if we could allow ourselves to realize it was never meant to trap us there, that, you know, we can move through this. And uh, she explained a lot of the spiritual experiences I was having. And I was able to leave South Africa with basically a new perspective that while I was so ready to give up my life, the people over there were fighting so hard to keep theirs and they were the most happiest people I've ever met. And they lived the most simplest life styles. And so that day changed my life. I made the decision that I was never going to go to this mindset of committing suicide anymore, that I was going to embrace the healing journey and, and try to really live life intentionally and create a life that I didn't want to escape from despite what pain I had encountered. And so while I was there, I, you know, they fed me a chicken heart and a chicken brain. And <laughs> I learned, uh, you know, the tribal dance and it was just an amazing experience. And there was a lot of connection and community there, um, in a way that I had struggled to really experience in, in America on that same type of authentic level. So then I got offered to go to Dominican Republic and it was a totally different ex experience, but the same thing, there was room in both of these cultures for me to be all of me. And it was okay to be all of me there. And it was okay for my spirituality <clears throat> to be something more than Christianity and for it to be there. And it wasn't um, being judged. It, it was just welcome and embraced. Um, and so in Dominican Republic, I went into the schools and we basically taught about America. Um, they have perceptions of America that is way more prettier than the reality. 
And so we, we kind of just talked about what America actually is like and some of the principles that we have, how they can basically apply some of the same principles in their own communities, um, showing them uh, growing their own food. We helped feed villages, um, pass out hygiene products. But once again, I had another profound moment where I had gone with intention to help, but it felt like I was the one being helped every time. And it all kept coming back to this place of living intentionally, living um, with authenticity, living like in a simple way, and just really more focusing on true connection with other people and true connection with the self. And that seemed to be this overall repetitive theme that I was finding, but really struggling to find here in the United States. And so I decided that I was going to come back and uh, not only really commit to my own healing journey and find me a mentor, I came back and found uh, a shaman to study under. And I decided that I would commit to my own healing journey, but also start giving back by just sharing a little bit about what I discovered and learned and, and holding space, not to push my beliefs on other people, but to hold space well so that others can explore deeper um, the truth of them. Beautiful story. Yeah. So I, I wanna I wanna back up a little bit, Leslie, to try to understand um a little bit more about the complexity of what went on here. So when okay. you went to when you went to South Africa, was it part of a, a group? Yes. I had gone with a mission group um, with a Southern Baptist community. Because mm -hmm. I was still very much in this Christian background. Um, but I was also dealing with all of this spiritual stuff that was outside of the Christianity um, kind of realm there. And that's, but that's who I went with, yes. And what I'm, I'm curious to know is, so you had this profound awakening that kind of connected with all of these other experiences that you had had. So when you came back to the United States, what did that do to your standing within the, the Baptist community? There, there definitely was uh, a lot of confusion on my part and sense of division, which, you know, division is, can be complicated because living in true harmony inside is part of wellness. And so I, I dealt with a lot of sickness because of this division, because I had a lot of questions and these questions were not very um, easily received. It was very frowned upon that I kept asking these questions and a lot of things just weren't making sense. And there was no space held for me, my spiritual gifts and me talking about Jaguars talking to me and the things I, it was very shunned. They still would include me. I could go on these trips, but it made people very uncomfortable. Um, but I, I kept asking anyways, um, not out of a rebellious place, but just a genuine trying to understand how all of these pieces fit and where I, where basically I fit in this community. Was that a painful thing for you to realize? Extremely, extremely, because Christianity teaches that your anchor is something outside of you. Your anchor is 
you know, the God that they teach you of in church, their perception of who God is. And, and I was being led to realize that my anchor was within me and that my connection with God was something within me that absolutely never could be separated. And it, nothing could ever separate me from this inner connection. And it did hold space. It did have room for my relationship with my mother Jaguar. And it, it did have room for all of this, um, awakening and, and these questions. But what I was being taught is that the anchor was outside of me and that perception of God did not have room or space for those parts of me. So here you are at 16 years of, and 17 years of age, a very young person without any experience outside of conventional Christianity. And you have all of these awakenings. Um, so you come back and, you know, I guess the church, your, your relationship with the church is changed in some way because you can't comfortably talk about your own internal world and what's different about your understanding of the sacred from theirs. Do I have that right? That's correct. Yes. So what does that do to your relationship within your family, who I assume are devout Christians, devout um, yes. Baptists? Uh, so it, it was very strange. Um, I had to basically cultivate that this was a time to be alone. Mm -hmm. I, I harvest the fact that I had a connection with them to a certain extent, but Leslie spent a lot of time alone and had to learn how to be with that loneliness and, and work through it. Cause there was a lot of loneliness. Um, I channeled that into a lot of art and writing and basically had to discover my own truth even though everything outside of me was saying that that truth could not be. Mm -hmm. And so there was times of psychosis. There was times of um, struggling with doubt. And I just remember basically trying to hold on to that for dear life of um, my intuition, you know, holding on to my intuition for dear life. And it, in because of this journey, because of being alone in that sense, it helped me grow a very, very strong intuition. I got, I got the opportunity to become very, very intimate with myself, with my, my energy. So I, I can tell the difference now between what is mine and what is not mine, energetically, emotionally, because I had nowhere to go but within. If I wanted any connection, it was, you're going to have to go within to get it. Yeah, I, I can well imagine, I, you know, and I, I should also say to the listeners, I, I know about the struggles that Leslie is talking about, uh, because I, I lived in Oklahoma for a number of years while I was in grad school, and I go back there often, and I'm always struck by this very, very, I guess, conservative type of Christianity that is really um, prevalent there, and to understand how somebody with an alternative idea of spirituality can live within those confines. And that's why I, my next question is about uh, your relationship with the church now. Do you still have a relationship with it at all? 
So I completely parted ways for many years. And then I circled around to heal my relationship. So I'm not somebody who tends to really go to church in the old sense of the way that I used to, but I did make a point to start going back just specifically to heal my relationship. So I, every now and then will step foot into a, a, Pentecostal church, which I grew up Baptist, but there is a non-denominational church that almost leads to Pentecostal 35 miles down the road uh, from where I live. And every now and then I walk in just because out of all the churches I've been to, it's the most accepting church I have found that lines up as close to having space for me, I guess you could say they believe in healing and they believe in visions and prophecy. Um, But every now and then and that's it it's more of a comfort of just healing those wounds around the church but for many years i could not step foot in a church there those those wounds were really deep and um but yeah i i've been working on healing that uh space actually well let's talk about the work that you're doing now leslie and and yes. how you work with people both um within your local community and how you uh work with people from outside of your area Absolutely. So I started an online academy um, and basically it's where there are several mentors that teach all different types of spiritual modalities and classes. Um, so we have that and I work with a lot of Jaguar medicine. So I, I work with clients who are really struggling with uh, fears and issues with the psyche. Um, I believe that <clears throat> there's a lot of mental illnesses that are quickly kind of thrown at people and people are diagnosed with, you know, you have this mental disorder and it's, it's actually something completely different going on. And I have a real, um, gift with that. So I work with people on healing the actual conflict within that's manifesting as something, um, that's being quickly labeled as a, a mental disorder. So I work with people around psyche and, and facing fears, but I also work as a death doula in my area. Um, I am not obsessed with death, but I'm in love with life. And in, in order to be in love with life, I had to basically die unto my own fear of death. I had to transcend that. And so I work with others to basically hold space and provide comfort while they wrestle with their own mortality to bring a little bit more joy and beauty and closure into this process of healing their wounds while they're still alive, being able to give that hug they never gave, maybe say those words they never got to say while they're still alive and uh, make that, that journey more comforting in the way they actually would want it to look. And, you know, cause a lot of us, we just end up dying in hospitals. We end up dying in a way that's not at all the way we wanted. So I, I help people get clear on how they would like to die. I don't help them die. I'm not here to, to, there's a misconception that a death doula like helps kill somebody. And that's not it at all. We're just this comforting person who can go there to those tough places and those tough emotions and kind of transcend the experience. It's like helping the dreamer dream better mm. in a way. Um, so I do that in my community and online. Wonderful. Um, I love that phrase that you use, helping the dreamer to dream better. Yes. So Leslie, um, from your big bag of tricks, 
I was wondering what <laughs> you might be able to share with our listeners as a takeaway, something that might be helpful in their lives from this type of experience and the work that you do. I feel being able to heal and grow your intuition is extremely powerful so that you can understand, you can understand your truth and come back to the remembrance of the truth of who you are, because that that's how we become our own anchor. And that's the most secure anchor you're ever going to find is the one that you are able to create within. Um, because if you can do that, you're no longer giving your power away to outer experiences and, and outer people. And that is to me, the kind of the key to remembering that you are already a whole person. Um, and that's how you can also that building that intuition and really healing. And I say healing because sometimes we feel that intuition has deceived us. And so I invite you to really go back and relook and examine where you think that might've happened because I don't believe the intuition ever really does deceive us. And so if you can heal and really grow your intuition again and, and work on that, I feel that it can, it can also lead you to be able to discover any sense of division within yourself. And any type of inner division is going to cause, to me, that is the root of the disconnection of our own intimacy with ourselves. And that is what breeds depression and addiction and illnesses and sickness and um, not being able to trust ourselves. And it gets in the way of our connection with other people. So if you can use intuition to help you discover what inner divisions are going on, it will bring us back into true harmony with ourselves. And to me, that's the key to having true intimacy with ourselves. And if once we achieve that, I mean, that's where the real magic begins to happen because now you're, you truly understand that you are the authority of your life. You are in power and now you can really harvest the depths of connections around you. You can create the experiences you want. You can truly transcend, you know, any of the fears and blockages and things that you feel is not possible for you. So if I get you correctly, the intuition is the the first step in being able to perceive this inner division that leads to the intimacy with self did i get that right in yes that's such a better yes so how about that let's just talk for a moment about the intuition part of it for somebody who maybe says well i'm not really intuitive where do they start i feel it's being able to connect back to your senses and your elements so like I'm a teach, I'm a say this from, if you have no access to no tools around you, because I didn't. So realizing that um, the air is what brings us information. And you can first start with this by, you know, being able to notice what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste. When you're able to start practicing being present with your senses, what I see, what I hear, what I feel, I touch, you're right there, you're tuning in to your actual inner, your energy and your body, which is allowing you to reconnect to the presence and feeling of your intuition. But you can also use the elements. The air is what brings our information in. And 
the water is what clarifies what information has come in. I'll give a practical example in a minute. The earth is what grounds us to give us the courage to face the, the information we just received. And fire gives us the way to transform or integrate that information. And so how you can do this is, here's a practical example, is let's say you can start out by asking yourself a question. The air is going to come down as the mental chowder and your intuition is going to be speaking there too, but you can first kind of jot down what the mental chowder is giving you just to get it out of the way to address all the thoughts that are coming up. And once you've addressed it, you can ask it, you know, I, I've written you down, I've addressed you, I'm going to go ahead and have you step to the side. Then use your senses, stop for a moment and what can I see right now? Just pick anything. You know, I see my lamp. What can I smell? You know, I smell, you know, the cookies that I baked this morning. What can I taste? You know, I taste, you know, the leftover toothpaste from not washing my mouth out good. You know, um, what can I hear? I hear the sound of the, the air conditioner. This brings you back down into the body. And then now you're going to ask your intuition, the same question and see what answer it gives you because you've already cleared out the mental chatter first. You've gotten it out the way by addressing it. Beautiful. That's a wonderful start. And did you find that that spontaneously came to you during those times that you had your, your early awakening? They did. But I will say I did not quite understand what I was doing. It was almost like my spirit seemed to naturally know what to do, but I consciously didn't even understand what I was doing. It was like I just was doing things and then later trying to figure out why I was doing these things, which is my point that even if you think your intuition doesn't work, it does. You naturally know what to do and your spirit naturally leads you all the time. And no matter what route you take in life, you're going to get to where you're destined to go and where you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. And that's something to always just keep in mind. Well, Leslie, that is a wonderful way to get our listeners started and a wonderful way to close out today. So um, I was wondering first, if you could tell everybody about your podcast, uh, because they're is or will be an episode that I'm on as well, where you interviewed me. So what's what's the name yeah. of your podcast? And your episode already aired. It is The Shadow Shaman. The Shadow, and what was the last part? Shaman. Oh, The Shadow Shaman is the name yes. of the, web, the podcast. Yes. Wonderful. And how do people get a hold of you for your other offerings? So you can either type in uh, www.thelighthouseacademy.org. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I have a Facebook group. It's free for anyone to join. We do free workshops in there um, and it's called Shadow Work Enlightenment. And then you can email me at any time at the Shadow Shaman Pod. And that's as in P-O-D, the Shadow Shaman Pod at gmail.com. 
Wonderful. So Leslie Phillips, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for being with us. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Before you go, I wanted to remind you of free healing resources available on my website, www.bobvetter.com. This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.